Well, people can tell a fake smile across the room. When you walk into the room and you've got a fake smile on because, you know, whatever happened on the way to the event that you just walked into, people know that. Well, people can tell that with your writing as well. They can tell when you're fake. They can tell when it's forced. It's not interesting. Most people are just going to scan what you're writing to begin with to find out whether, should I read more? And they'll find the fake really right away. So don't be fake. It's just not worth it. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back. Let's just another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today in studio, I've got joining my beautiful wife, Heather Morneau. Now, Heather reluctantly agreed to uh, join me on the podcast episode. Actually, not that reluctant. So Heather is a mom, a wife, an aunt. Uh, she's the co-founder of a company called QForFit.com, a health and wellness website. And she's a grandma as well. In her spare time, she is a Olympic weightlifter. So she's lifting weights now. And she is a CrossFit fanatic. So She's uh, in the CrossFit box with uh, with me at least a couple times a week. As a kid, she was an active teenager, but uh, as most people can relate, after school ends, so did most of the activity. And she went through her life in her 20s and started having babies and stay-at-home mom and had some unwanted pounds just start to show up. And her struggle with weight and weight loss has been uh, part of her life's journey. And years later, um, I became quite sick and uh, nearly died of a double pneumonia. And that kind of triggered for both of us the realization that we needed to be healthy if we wanted to be around to see our kids get married and have grandkids or see our grandkids be around as well. And uh, so in the fall of uh, 2011, after dealing with a very sick husband, she decided to start documenting her health journey and writing a blog. And two and a half years later, she's been blogging now once or twice a week and uh, just sharing that journey. So I've asked her to join us on the podcast today just to share a little bit of insight of what it's like to be a blogger, how to get set up how to relieve some of that stress and strain of writing um, and some of the myths around that. So I'd like to welcome Heather to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, welcome, Heather. I'm super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. So uh, was there anything I left out in the introduction or do you want to just share just a little bit of your background, how you got started as a writer and a blogger? Well, I think you got everything in the introduction all down pat. I got started simply because of a personal journey and wanting to share my personal journey with people and felt that the easiest way for me is to do it through writing. I'm way more comfortable writing um, with the keyboard than I am doing this on the uh, on the radio. So, so writing made sense. Yeah, but I mean, writing for a lot of people is a challenge. So, you know, what what was your personal journey that got you started? Um, and then we'll talk a little bit, dive a little bit deeper into your topic and what you're doing. 
My personal journey. Well, I was a stay-at-home mom for most of my life, raising the kids and being a pretty typical woman, I believe, in that I gained weight as I did it because my priorities were my children. And it came to a point where um, we decided collectively it was time to once and for all get rid of some of the excess weight. And as uh, we started losing weight, as uh, the pounds kind of started melting away, people kept asking, you're still doing it. You're still losing it. How do you do it? And the more people asked, the more that there was a journey there and thought, you know, maybe that if we shared this with people, it would inspire or help other people. So then your decision was, hey, you know, I don't like speaking to people, so I think I'm more comfortable writing. So I'll write about my health and wellness journey and maybe help people through um, your personal stories. Is that the idea? Well, I love talking to people, but I'm way better one-on-one. In front of people, the public speaking thing, that is not my comfort zone. And we had um, gone to a conference in the Philippines and represented there were different people in different social media um, venues. There was someone who was a YouTube blog. There was someone who was an actual blogger. There were people doing all sorts of different things, Facebook, Instagram. And we listened to each of these people get up and talk about what they do and why they do it and how they do it. And something happened when um, one of the guys got up and started talking about blogging. And I'm not even sure why it connected with me, but I thought, you know what? That's something I think I can do. And I think so who I thought, was his mystery person? <laughs> well, his his blog site is actually called Pro Blogger. And so when when Darren Rouse got up on stage and started talking, I think one of the reasons I connected with him was although he seemed comfortable on stage, you could tell he was a writer and that's where he was comfortable. And going back to what I did in school, I did really well through English and writing and thought, you know, because this is a personal thing, I can write about what I know. And that's a journey through losing weight, gaining weight and everything in between. Yeah, but I've read a lot of your posts and it's it's more than it's more than just your journey. I mean, there's lots of off, you know, you're offering lots of advice and it looks like you do lots of research and some of the blog posts you curate. So often people say, hey, they can't write or it's a lot of work to be a blogger or produce content. So do you have a particular strategy that you use when you're trying to create content? I mean, writing one or two posts a week seems like a lot of work. Well, it can be if you expect to sit down and do it all at once. But we had also done a conference regarding making YouTube videos. And so I kind of created a plan in and took bits and pieces of, of both of these speakers. And what the plan was simply was to break it down into bite-sized pieces. So in my day and in my calendar, I sit down and have a brainstorming session planned out. And I just take a pencil and paper and any item that comes into my mind, something somebody has said, or an article I read, a picture, a commercial, anything like that. And I just make crazy notes. And that's it for that day. I I don't want to spend everything all in one day. And so then I'll sit down and break out another day and I'll write. And again, it's really rough. It's just the basics of what a blog post will be. And then I'll sit down on another day at another time and I edit. And for me, breaking it down into those small bite-sized pieces, my mind is still spinning as I'm away from the computer, but I'm still able to get other things done in the day. So then when I sit down and edit, that's when I I find the quotes that go on the bottom and the cute little pictures and everything like that. But I just find it easier to 
to break things down into a time frame that works for me. Well, I like your idea of brainstorm. Like you said, you just you just have a notebook full of ideas, and then uh, when you sit down the keyboard, I guess you you just pick one and then just create a, a rough draft. Or you write several drafts at once. It kind of depends on where the brain is going. Sometimes I already have an idea in my mind, and I can sit down and and just it just kind of flows out my fingers. Other times. I sit down and I'll start several different posts, but I find the more I force it, the worse the post ends up and I I, I just trash it. So with having multiple ideas on my paper, I've got a place for my mind to kind of swim along, churn out a few ideas and something will always click. And if the ideas aren't there on the page for brainstorming, I get lost. Uh, and then I end up with, you know, what people call writer's block. And at that point, I have to get up, leave the computer, walk around, do something different, get my brain doing something completely different, and then come back to it. So how often do you write currently? Well, I was on a really, really good schedule of publishing twice a week. It worked well for me. Life got busy. Life changed. I haven't been writing as much recently, but I'm back into writing on a regular basis. I try and get uh, once a week, I get a new post published. And I'm actually currently in the process of doing some homework. According to some research that I had just seen from Neil Patel, he said that you should be writing your blog posts in comparison to who your competition is that you're writing around. So trying to figure out whether I should be writing more or less to make sure that I'm in the right space for the number of posts. Yeah. And I think uh, in in that article, you also talked about looking at the gap. So when you're looking at creating content, look for for gaps. So look at your competitors, see um, how many articles they're publishing, what sort of ranking they're getting. And if you're looking at a wide variety of, of publishers, it gives you an opportunity to see if there's a, a high ranking article, only one or two of your competitors writing about, which will allow you to leverage that uh, for your for your SEO. Sure, yeah. So w- what's one of the biggest myths that you think uh, people have about writing and blogging? I think one of the mig- biggest myths is the fact that it- Some people think that you need to have an entire novel in your mind and you need to sit down and and write pages upon pages. And I don't believe that's true at all. There's some blog posts that are really quite short. There are some blog posts that are pages and pages. But I, I think if you pay attention to who your audience is, you'll find out how much you have to write. And for me, it's not as much of a chore. I know, so if you're not a writer, writing is a chore, but I think if you're writing about what you are passionate about and what makes you feel good, it's a whole lot easier. You know, I'll sit down and do research on a recipe or on why we should or should not eat a certain thing. And that's important to me. So it's interesting. So I quite enjoy it. So it's not a chore. So then maybe that's the other thing is make sure that what you're writing about is something that you're passionate about and you like it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if it's something you like, it's easy to research and write about. So in terms of your mix, how many of the articles that you typically write, uh, you write yourself or create from an idea versus how many you curate versus how many are a researched article? Most of what I write 
I write. Recipes I typically find that I like from someone else. I was at one point writing one and curating one per week. The, the problem too is making sure that the other writers out there are actually writing about the same era, the same people that I'm kind of gearing my articles towards. A lot of people get really caught up and, and going on a direction that I, I don't feel that the people who are writing or reading my stuff, that, that it's just not the right people. So what's been the toughest thing about consistently writing? So you've been writing now for what, a couple of years, two, yeah. two, two and a half years. Yeah. So, so what's the toughest, uh, what's the biggest obstacle you face in, you know, be consistent in your writing? I think part of it is that a lot of time I want to talk about the same thing over and over again, because it's important. I, I just, I can't seem to stress enough certain aspects of the getting healthy and losing weight game. And it, it seems like everybody seems to get so caught up in the fads and the currents and the quick fixes and they, they miss what's really important. And sometimes I find that I'm, I'm writing about things that are so close to the heart that they're not enough factual information. The thing is, is that I, in this particular industry, I, I think you could write every single day of the week, two or three articles a day, and you could never hit the same item twice because there's so much information out there. And that becomes difficult as well because people get confused. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, you know, we, we, we live in the same house, we eat at the same table. So yeah, we have lots of the discussions about the food, the fads, the, the lobbyists, the, Hey, you can, you can eat eggs now. You couldn't eat eggs and you shouldn't eat bread now. Bread was fine before and fats are okay now. And so back and forth. So it's not surprising that the consumer is confused with the plethora of, of uh, information, articles, blog posts, and videos out there and everything that's happening around the world and health and wellness. Well, th there's a lot of um, half truths. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of sponsored information. So, you know, you, th you think you're reading about dairy, for example, and then you realize the page you've been fascinated with is actually sponsored by the dairy board. So no wonder it's all supportive of the dairy industry. And then you'll read another one in, in support of nut milk and things like that, again, to realize that it's been sponsored by the companies that grow the nuts or that manufacture that. So the research aspect sometimes is quite tricky because you have to realize who is giving you the information. Well, and I think what makes it worse and kind of amplifies that whole thing of misinformation and half truths is how quickly we are as consumers to like and share other people's content with actually without reading it. And I know I'm guilty of that. I'll like lots of stuff. And often I find myself sharing stuff and going, no, I can't share that until I go back and read to see, you know, is, is this company or business or person actually sharing, you know, from the same point of view that I have, or is it a believable story? Well, I can guarantee that people don't read a lot of even what I publish because I'll put something up on Instagram and within 30 seconds, I've had all sorts of different likes on it. And it's like, yes, did you like it because I picked a cute picture or did you like it because you actually clicked on the link, went to my website and read it? You know that in that time frame, they've clicked it and liked it just because. So what social media do you use to try to get the word out and to repurpose your content? We have q for fit on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We also have a, a LinkedIn page. When I write the blog, it goes onto our blog site and then it also gets published on each of the each of the sites that I that I said, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And is there any one particular social site that you get the most feedback from? Yeah, it's Facebook. <laughs> there you go. It is because there's a little bit of interaction on Facebook, whereas um, I get more likes on Instagram, but 
It's the interaction that happens on Facebook. So for people that are listening to this, they're thinking, that sounds good. I'd like to write, I'd like to write a post a, a week or maybe two posts a week or a post a month. What advice would you give them just to get started and make that, you know, create that first post? I think it would be make sure that what you're writing about is something you're passionate about. And for me, I sat down with old fashioned pencil and paper and that worked. If, I mean, if, if that doesn't work, don't do that. Do computer, do your phone, do whatever device, however you want, but write some notes, get some ideas down and just scribble some stuff and then walk away from it and then go back to it and then walk away from it. And I think you'll find if you take different sets of notes, you'll start forming your own ideas and you'll start see what kind of writing that you seem to, to want to do. I know of a particular person that wrote in a very particular way, very business minded, very sales minded. <laughs> no. I'm not going to mention that person, are you? But when it's, he finally started writing from a place of personal places, you know, a little, little bit of family stories, a little bit of, of his own heart kind of getting into it, the writing changed. It became much easier and it was in his true self coming out. So I think that's the other thing you have to realize what kind of style. There's so many different styles for blogging too. You can just make it factual, do some research, throw some facts like an old fashioned grade 10 science paper or make it a personal journey story or, or make it a story about someone else, make it like a little short story. So you just got to figure out what works for you. But the most important thing is to put to pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and uh, get it started. Well, and if I think of our good friend, I don't know if he's a good friend, but someone that we both like to, uh, to listen and have seen uh, speak, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks about creating content. He says, create content basically that you're passionate about and then, you know, without worrying about whether people like it. So don't sit down to say, what can I create that's going to be a post that people like or what can I create that's going to be viral because, you know, you can't create viral, viral happens. But just like you said, write, write from the heart, be authentic you and, um, you know, obviously write to, for your audience. That's the subject matter, but be authentic. Don't uh, Don't try to create a post that people will like. People can tell a fake smile across the room. When you walk into the room and you've got a fake smile on because, you know, whatever happened on the way to the event that you just walked into, people know that. Well, people can tell that with your writing as well. They can tell when you're fake. They can tell when it's forced. It's not interesting. Most people are just going to scan what you're writing to begin with to find out whether, should I read more? And they'll find the fake really right away. So don't be fake. It's just not worth it. Now, is there a certain length that you write to? So when you're writing, do you, do you have a goal of, you know, 500 words, a thousand words? Do you have any particular goal in your writing or do you just write and to enough content to tell the story? Yeah, I just write to tell the story. Generally, mine ends up being mm, somewhere about 800 words. Uh, I find for me personally, I find that a comfortable length. If it's too long, like I said, then it just becomes a science paper. If it's too short, you know, maybe you haven't told enough information. Having said that, if I've curated somebody else's post, I don't need to reiterate everything they're going to you know, get from their post or their video or, or the reason I'm curating it is because they've done an excellent job. So pay attention to what they're saying. I'm just going to do an introduction. So those posts are always shorter, but I find 800 is a comfortable length for me. Somehow that just seems to come out. 
Yeah, I've noticed when you curate a post that you just add your own bit of flair and your own taker perspective on it. Like you said, you don't try to cut and paste somebody else's whole article. It's just, hey, this is what I read. This is what I like. It's really cool. Here's the link. And then you just unselfishly just post a link and encourage people to click through and read it. Yep. Yep. There's no point in, in repetition. And if I'm sending you to somebody else's link, that's what I want you to spend your time doing because I find that that information is more valuable than me repeating what they're going to say. And then you're going to go and you go, well, that's just a waste of time. So just tell them to go and pay attention. So what are you most excited about today as it relates to your business, Q for Fit, and your writing in the next six to 12 months? I'm really excited because I find that from what I have seen, I think people are really ready to get some honest information. And there's always going to be the fads, but I think it, it, I feel like people are ready for authenticity. They're ready for people to go, you know what? I know you want to lose those 10 pounds to get into your sister's, you know, the dress for your sister's wedding, but this is a lifelong thing. What is it going to take to do that? And I think that, that, that I can, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just where I'm at in my life, but I feel that people are ready to be authentic and real. And part of that process is getting healthy, that we we know so much more about the GMOs that are really dangerous. And, and every week there's another carcinogen that we're finding out that we shouldn't be eating, but people are encouraged by that because they're realizing that they can get healthy. So it's exciting to be able to share with people a normal human's perspective of how to get healthy and and live longer and better. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, because to be authentic is, is you know, almost the new buzzword. It's the new thing. It's a new shiny object. I mean, I had a guest on my podcast just recently, uh, Megan Makedo, uh, and she talked about how to be your authentic self in your professional life. And so that's what she teaches people is how to do exactly what you're saying, how to, you know, you know there's, there's a business side to it, but how do you share your knowledge and help people move along, but do it in a way that you're comfortable and you feel good about yourself and feel good about helping people. So that's, I guess, what everybody's uh, striving for uh, these days, at least uh, in producing content. It shouldn't be something that you have to teach. I mean, people should be authentic, <laughs> But they're not because they have most, most of us, once we reach a certain age, we've grown up in a, well, you got to fake it to make it attitude, or you have to put on your business shoes and then your home hat and, and, and your different people in different places, which is just so wrong, but that's the way we grew up. And now it's time to, time to just be ourselves. Well, that's really cool. Um, love, love seeing what you're doing. It's really interesting. I mean, it's something, as you know, that I struggle with. Writing has not been my friend. I'd rather podcast or speak in front of an audience, but uh, writing has been my least favorite thing to do. And as you pointed out, yes, since I changed the style of my writing in my newsletter, you know, and I did that knowing that people would unsubscribe. And my thinking was, well, if they unsubscribe because they don't like my style, then that's perfect because obviously they weren't my tribe. So they should just move along and find somebody that's more their style. See, there you go. And, and what it takes is reading other people's stuff that you think, you know what, I think I might be able to write like that. But if you don't read it, you'll never know whether you can write like that. So a question for you that uh, I'm stealing from Tim Ferriss. What's some of the bad advice that you hear when uh, you're out someplace and you hear someone talking about, hey, I'd like to be a writer or I'd like to start writing or I'd like to be a blogger. What's some of the bad advice that you hear that kind of makes you cringe? I don't know. I, I think it's 
Actually, to be honest, I haven't met a lot of other people that blog because everybody says that blogging is not where it is. Everybody says you have to do video. Maybe that's the bad advice. Forget about writing. People just want video. I disagree. <laughs> not everybody wants video and not everybody can do video. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a move to video, but you know, it's funny how when something new comes along, the assumption is, hey, let's throw everything out. It's like in, you know, like in my business, everyone says, hey, email doesn't work, but it's still the high, highest ROI of any online media. But you know, there's something new that's that's out there. So, you know, throw out everything else. So videos here, so don't write. But you know, people learn different ways. Some people like to read. Some people listen, read books. Some people listen to books. Some people watch YouTube. Well, there was the thought process when they started putting books online that the print industry would disappear, that nobody would want an actual bound book. Yeah, that's not really happening. I, I get that uh, print newspaper is kind of fading, but that's just because people want it quicker. And so they get it digitally. But the fear that the print book is is leaving is far from over. But see, that's the thing with blogging. it It's exactly where people are. It's digital. It's on your phone. It's on your desktop, your laptop, your tablet. It's wherever. But I think the reason it appeals to so many people is that it's it's bite size rather than an entire movie. It's the 30 minute episode kind of thing. And I think that's why blogging is is as good as it is. Well, I just want to say thanks for taking the time today. And I want to ask you a couple of questions and then let you get back to your day. Okay. Our first question is, who's one guest that you absolutely think I have to have on my podcast? Well, I've actually put a little thought into this and I think somebody that you sort of, well, you know of, but I think she'd be amazing on your show would be Caitlin Toolpoolin, the lady boss. She has absolutely killed it in the weight loss industry. She wrote a book, she lost weight, she wrote a book, and then she's got the most amazing membership site. But this woman brings energy like like you've never seen. And I think she'd be phenomenal because she'd be able to, to share with your listeners what it takes to go from zero to hero really fast. That's cool. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I have seen some of her stuff. Obviously, I'm not uh, subscribed to Lady Boss. I'm not the pink sparkle type. I don't. I know you're not either, but um, you've had obviously a closer look at that. So last question, uh, where can people find you? I write for a blog called Q4Fit. My email's on there. Um, you can reach me through the website. I'm also on Instagram at Q4Fit um, or personally on Facebook. On, I don't do as much of the other socials as I should, but I'm always available at uh, the Q4Fit website and my email address is on there, Heather Morneau at Q4Fit.com. There we go. Hey, super good. Good to hang out with my wife for an episode. <laughs> Even though we're in the same house, but totally different rooms. Yeah, well, that's not uh, that's not uncommon. We do have our friends, what we won't mention, that text each other while sitting in bed. <laughs> yep. Ryan, yep. Ryan and Jen. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks thanks for sharing. So there you go. Uh, there's another episode of uh, Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we talked with my beautiful wife, Heather, and we talked about blogging and her journey as she got started as a blogger a couple of years ago. And if you want to see what she's writing, and she does a great job writing, and she also does a 
great job finding a super appropriate pictures to go with the blog post. That's not uh, surprising why she gets all the Instagram likes. It's Q, the letter Q, number four fit.com. I'll make sure that information is in the show notes. So I want to say thanks again. Big shout out to Heather and Q for fit. Thanks for listening, for tuning in. If you like this episode, if you've got comments, questions, suggestions, don't be shy. Leave them on the bottom of the transcribed episode and leave us a rating on iTunes if you like what you're hearing. So thanks for tuning in. I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.